featuring the creator and lead host of Clutch Crew Sports, Zach. Unfortunately, uh, Eric is an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, and uh, he went through a pretty rough postseason watching uh, my Portland Trailblazers pretty well dismantle his team, so... <laughs> Dang, okay, um, I did, did not realize we were going to go into that. <laughs> you sure you didn't lose your train of thought by looking at this picture here? <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who don't know, Zach really likes Alex Morgan. Also featuring Connor, the number one co-host, and I'm going to lock that. I'm back, baby! <laughs> If you're not going to do it, I'll double lock Middleton because everything I've read has been that he's the number one priority for the Bucks. Like in their minds, they could forget Brogdon and, and Lopez. They need to get Middleton back. I'm locking this one because I've got a oh, survival oh, okay. pick. I, I need to write this down on a piece of paper. Yep, Zach yep. is locking Denver being Chicago. Featuring Nate, NFL and college football co-host. I don't think Indiana's very good being straight up, so I think it's <laughs> pretty fair. Spread, Indiana's getting spread triggered to right now. You just triggered the whole state. And I forgot to change it on here. Oh, okay. but <laughs> here I'm gonna stick with it. I'm gonna defend oh, okay. it. <laughs> um, I think I do think Denver's a very average team. I'm gonna stick with my Oakland pick. Hello, everybody. Today, we've got a special episode planned for you. It's going to be all talking about college football bowl games. So this episode, we're dedicating all of our talk about who we think are going to win the bowl games, some interesting debates about bowl season and the coaching carousel and all that goes around that. We're going to share our games that we're most looking forward to. We're going to obviously spend a good deal amount of time talking about the national championship and the college football playoff games. But before we begin, I do want to give a couple of promotions and shout outs. So first of all, we do have still going on the Madden tournament. If this screen loads, there we go. <laughs> uh, so the same rules apply. If you listen to the last video, we still have quite a bit of spots open. Uh, so feel free to message us to reserve your spot today. Basically, you just got to have Madden 20 on the PS4 and obviously an internet connection to play online games. But if you do all that, you're going to get assigned a random team. If you donate to that link right there, you can get a chance to have extra spins. So you can choose your team that you want out of more teams. It's a little bit, you know, you're better odds to get a good team. And you also have to be following Clutch Crew Sports on you on any website or podcasting network just follow us show us proof that you're following us and then we're going to retweet or we're going to tweet this uh picture here in a couple days time and just retweet it to spread the word and message us your playstation name so we can get started we'll message you guys in group chats and everything like that and at the end of it whoever wins this tournament gets a 15 dollars playstation gift card so pretty cool tournament free to enter Unless you want to donate to get some extra spins. Donations go to making this podcast potentially better. You know, if we get a lot of <laughs> donations, you know, we can we can buy Eric a new some microphone. high-tech equipment. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, maybe get like premium Skype or something. I've seen that's an option. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to help at all. <laughs> no, I don't know, but it's, it'll be cool just to, to get some donations for our channel. Um, but we, we do, or at least I, uh, anyways, has some shout outs. Um, so last episode, you heard Aaron Swarm from something like a podcast, and he did just put out a new. Or it's not his, but he's a, definitely a part of this uh, short film called Maple Murders. It's on YouTube. Uh, go check out Aaron's page because he's going to be tweeting about this a lot. But basically, he Aaron was an actor in the short film. And it's pretty interesting. Go watch it. Go support one of our friends in his uh, film career that he's pursuing, I guess. And there's links in this also to all of his social medias as well. So that's some cool stuff going on with one of our collaborators. And he's also going to be a part of the Madden tournament. So you might end up playing him. Uh, if you, it, I bet if you win, you're going to get him to cuss a lot. He's <laughs> uh, <laughs> for that on his Twitch streams. But, uh, but yeah, he's a real, real fun guy to, to be around. So that's the Madden tournament. And... Let's get started now with our bowl talk, guys. So there's, I believe, 40-something, 40, 40 bowl games, I want to say. It's the exact number. 41. Okay, 41. If you, if you count the national title game. Okay. So there's a lot. And I used to say these predictions, and I would go through all these games and the teams that we picked, but it's just too many teams and names to read. So I'm not going to do that. If you're on YouTube, you get the benefit of seeing every single game. But we're mainly just going to be talking about the important games in the national picture. Uh, obviously, if you're a fan of one of these teams, you know, these smaller teams, you might not hear us talk about them too much. But um, you can see a nice blank column where Eric's pick should be. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I messaged Eric that I was going to call him out for this. But as you can see, it's December 16th here. Eric's got just four days to make his bowl picks, and there's a lot of these that he's going to have to do in a short amount of time. So, Eric, you need to get rolling with that. Uh, you were slacking on the NFL picks. You see a couple NAs in the air <laughs> column here? That's not making a pick. So, we, you know, if you don't make a pick, it's assumed to be incorrect. So, Eric, <laughs> you need to get on with these picks, man. You've been slacking on survival all season. You've been slacking um on these bowl ones here and now i know you normally don't pick college picks but you are in this column here you have got the invitation to espn bowl mania so eric <laughs> you're gonna be listening to this at a later time <laughs> you know you you're already gonna know this, by the but... time he listens to it the bowls will have already started <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man okay so <laughs> let's talk about these games now that's kind of my you know Eric got to roast me. Now I'm kind of like roasting him here for this. <laughs> All doing it. Uh, so the there's some bowl games starting obviously December 20th, and then per, pretty much every day I think has a bowl game, at least one bowl game uh, well, through the new year. Yeah, yeah, through the new year. That's right. Because after that it gets kind of dicey. <laughs> so we're gonna start as our. First game, this is in chronological order, too. I don't know the exact dates on these, but the first major one that, that I especially want to talk about here is Washington at number 19, Boise State. And for reference, all of us that have made picks, 
you know, we don't know what Eric's going to do. But for those of us that have made picks, we all pick Boise State to win this. And they're the heavy favorites in this. But to me, what makes this this game going to be interesting is Washington still, I think, has a good team. I mean, it's only a couple years since their playoff appearance. Washington is always in the has usually always been in the discussion for winning the Pac-12. This year was a down year, obviously. Oregon is much better than them. Washington lost a lot of games in conference. But still, Washington is supposed to be one of these teams that's pretty good. You know, most nobody's going to be picking them to win national championships, but they're respectable. And another twist to this game is that their coach, Chris Peterson, shockingly announced he was stepping down from the program. And He's not that old either, so it, it raised a couple of eyebrows, maybe something going on with his family. You know, a lot of people were worried about that, but or his health. It just seems like he's got other priorities, I guess, is what I heard. I don't think it's a major family decision. I think he's just ready to move on from coaching is what it seems like to me, which is interesting because, you know, he's got such a good reputation for being a good coach. But nonetheless, he's going up against his old team that he used to coach Boise State for a number of years. So it's an interesting – I know it's always interesting when you see a coach or a player that plays their former team. So it's going to be interesting. He's going to have some personal – you know, personal agenda here to win this game. But this is also a game, this is also a Las Vegas Bowl game that Boise State is undefeated in. They're 4-0 all time. They're having a really good season. Obviously, they're ranked number 19, so they should be heavy favorites. But what do you guys think of this? Do you think this game is going to be close? Personally, I, I do think it's going to be close. I, I have respect for Washington and Chris Peterson. I don't think they're going to go, I don't think they're going to want to go out in an embarrassing fashion. Obviously, they're playing a better team right now, but to me, I, I think this is going to be a close game. I think Washington's going to be inspired with their coaches last game, and they are kind of geographically close to Boise State, so it could be seen as a little bit of a rivalry game. You're not playing a team all the way across the country. Like, the recruits in this region are, you know, this is a game that's also fighting for recruits. You know, maybe guys in that region of the country or that are torn between Washington and Boise state, this has pretty big implications. I think, you know, it's not like a California team versus an sec team where those recruits don't often mix, but what do you guys think? You think it's going to be close? You think, well, obviously we all picked Boise state, but blowout close, <laughs> uh, well, two score. What do you guys think? I mean, I think it's probably going to be a, mm, I think it's gonna be a two score game for Boise state because the thing about Washington is that, they have some good, uh, you know, losses aren't good, but I guess you could say, you know, to make them look a little bit better, they have some good losses. Like, you know, they've their losses to Utah and Oregon were within five-point losses. So, I mean, if you're losing to, you know, the two top teams in your conference by less than a touchdown, then you're doing something right. But then they also have these bad losses, like they lost to Colorado and they lost to Stanford and... They lost to Cal early on in the year at home. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I know because both teams, I think the, because there are some bowl games that like, you know, are geographically closer to some teams. So some teams will have like a 
advantage fan wise like obviously the hawaii byu game that's in hawaii <laughs> so hawaii is going to have a big home field advantage but you know washington and boise state are both really close to las vegas so it should be an even fan base at that game um but i still think boise state's a much better team than washington i don't think washington just hasn't shown up in the big games this year when they've needed to and i mean as much as they would like to, I think, go out on a good now, I just don't see that happening. Boise State's just been too unstoppable this year, and I think their defense is going to really hold Washington in check. Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page with this one. I think it's going to be a two-score win for Boise State. Um, I think Washington's going to definitely show up, and I think they'll play hard the first half, you know, trying to send their coach out right, but... Um, I think kind of like what Connor said, they just never really seem to show up in the big games. Um, I don't think it's going to be too different. I think Boise State should uh, show up and take care of them pretty handily. Okay, it's interesting stuff there. So now we'll move on to our next highlighted game. Number 20 ranked Appalachian State against UAB. I'll let Connor take this game. <laughs> well, normally Eric is the rant man on this show, but I've got kind of a little mini rant going for this mm-hmm. thing. Um, but so I think the thing about Appalachian State is that it's like the committee. I mean, it shows kind of the flaws when it comes to the how the bowl tie-ins go. Because like the Sunbelt Conference is tied into the New Orleans Bowl, like the Sunbelt Conference winner always goes to the New Orleans Bowl. Now, I guess they kind of established that last year, yeah. and so I think the big problem here is that why are we getting put against a team, a nine and four team, who's the runner up in their conference? Like they didn't even give us the respect of letting us play FAU, who dominated that Conference USA game against UAB, and so. And I know we were talking about this before, like at least for Boise State, you know, even though they also missed out on a major bowl game, at least they're getting to play a power five team. You know, they're getting to play Washington, who's a Pac-12 team, whereas we're playing the Conference USA runner up. And the other thing that I was looking at with us is that um, the runner up in the Sun Belt, Louisiana, who we beat in the conference title game, is getting to play against Miami of Ohio, who was the MAC champion. So why does the runner-up from our conference get to play a conference champion, whereas we're stuck with a conference runner-up? It doesn't make any sense to me. And given the fact that we're the 20th-ranked team in the country, you know, I know that 12-1 and isn't as impressive as some other 12-1 and since we play in the Sun Belt. But, I mean, having two Power 5 wins on the road and, you know, one of those being against a bowl-eligible team in North Carolina... It just shows a huge amount of disrespect for Appalachian State and what the program has worked for and done. So, I mean, I know App State's going into this game as heavy favorites. They're 17-point favorites, but in my mind, uh, I think there's no way that this is Appalachian State is going to win this game by at least 25 points. That might be more than that, but... I don't see any way that UAB is losing, is, you know, getting within 25 points. So that's my bold prediction this week. But, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, and I know the other thing about that's bad for App State fans, another thing with the conference tie-ins is that a lot of the App fans wanted us to get a berth in the Belk Bowl because the Belk Bowl is over in Charlotte, which is, you know, 
a really easy drive for most people, most App State fans, and it's close by. But since the Sun Belt doesn't have any kind of tie-in to the Belk Bowl, you know, we're having to go to the New Orleans Bowl. It's like, well, that's a lot more difficult to get to and go see. Because I probably would have gone and seen it had they been playing in the Belk Bowl. But since they're playing in the New Orleans Bowl, I mean, I don't have the time or money to go down and spend a few days in New Orleans and then go watch a bowl game there. (laughs) I know, it does sound fun, but... I just not practical. So yeah, no, I agree. Um, when we were also talking about, you know, Zach and I talked about this a little bit, how, you know, the, the, what, how should you say the ruling, I guess, is that the highest ranked group of five team gets a berth in the New York six bowl. So that's why Memphis is playing in the cotton bowl. But I mean, when you've got a team like Virginia, who's, playing like looking like complete garbage right now and they got destroyed by Clemson in the ACC title game you know why are they getting a berth in the Orange Bowl when a team like Boise State or Appalachian State could actually have that spot and probably deserves it more than they do mm-hmm. so um, but that's going to be my thing I'm on Appalachian State but yeah 25 point win at least yeah and that's that's Connor's lock for this episode. It's been a little while since he's given a lock, but he is two and zero since we've started, rec- you know, writing down these locks and everything. So he's got, <laughs> you know, he's he's a hundred percent so far as the locks, and his locks weren't, you know, easy locks. Like he wasn't just picking App State to win; he's picking them to win by twenty five or more. So that's four scores right there. Uh, that's I, I do agree with him though. I, I do think that will be the case. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting that you know they get disrespected. To me, they should have they should be playing at the at least the conference champion from the MAC or Conference USA. Like, and Boise State would be much more interesting too if they were to play Boise State. Like that would be a, a really good game. Yeah, I was hoping um, that you know I think you actually asked me that you're like, oh, would they get a chance to play Boise State? And I'm like, I wish, but I highly doubt they're actually going to make that happen. Yeah, like that that would really be a fun game to watch. Much more fun than it's going to be against UAB. Uh, but we'll move on now to the next game highlighted. I'm not sure if it's on the same day or not, but Nate's team is playing in a bowl game as well. So, Nate, I'll let you talk about that bowl game and what you think will happen. Nate, Hello. Uh oh, we've lost Nate. <laughs> oh man, terrible timing to lose Nate. But no, UCF. Uh, well, you can move on. We'll come back to UCF if he comes back. Let me see if he messages. Wait, what? Hello. Okay. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Oh, you're, you're back, Nate. That's weird. Uh, we we were just. <laughs> okay. Hopefully that's, they're recording I heard, fine. I heard you guys totally fine. Um, that was weird, but um. Yeah, UCF can be taking on uh, Marshall in the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Probably my favorite name <laughs> for any of the games. <laughs> I love that name. Best name. I love Bad Boy Mowers. <laughs> I entered a fun fact. I entered to win a mower there, but I did not really? win. <laughs> yeah, because they're they're based in Tampa. Like they've got all their stuff at Bush Gardens. Like they've got little topiary designs of a Bad Boy Mower and stuff. Like so, I I signed up to try. And win a mower back, uh, I think, because USF played the bowl game last year there, so they right. sent out an email like, you know, sure. And I mean, what am I going to use with the mower? But <laughs> um, <laughs> you're, you're a college student, you don't yeah. need a lawnmower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, still, I I do like that name. <laughs> and Gasparilla too. For anybody that doesn't know, 
Nate, I'm not sure if you're aware, uh, living in Florida or not, but Gasparilla is pretty cool. It's, uh, I think, the nation's largest parade. Um, whoa, I got some mic interference there. Can you guys hear me? Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, it's the nation, I think it's the nation's largest parade, and it's basically a pirate festival in Tampa. It's really cool. It's a couple days. It's uh, It happens, I think, in February. It's it attracts a lot of people. It's a huge party. It's a huge gathering of like the pirate culture of Tampa or whatever. It, it's really big. So that's where the name Gasparilla comes from. It's the name of the festival, Gasparilla Fest. Uh, for anybody that did not know about that, but Bad Boy Motors is just the corporate sponsor. But that's that's uh, that's the meaning of Gasparilla in that. <laughs> that's pretty cool. But, um, yeah. So this um. I'm excited. I'm actually able to be able to go to this bowl in person, so pretty excited about that. But um, I think this should be, I think it's a pretty solid matchup for UCF to be able to get. Um, going nine and three so far this year, not totally the season a lot of people expected for him, but I think Marshall's a pretty solid um team to get. Uh, you know, as a group of five um school to get matched up with another pretty good group of five school. I think that's pretty. Um, good result for UCF. Um, I think Marshall is definitely going to be pretty competitive, but I think it's a game UCF definitely has the talent to win. Um, I think I don't think it'll be a blowout for UCF. I think it'll be somewhere in the area of like maybe two, 10, I think 10 points to two touchdowns probably be pretty fair to as a prediction. Um, I think Marshall is definitely a solid team. They always uh, you know, seem to make some kind of a bowl game. I know they beat USF in this game last mm-hmm. year, so they definitely kind of have experience, but I think UCF's overall speed on offense uh, and the fact that the game is in uh, Florida, I know they've, they've definitely struggled on the road this year outside of Florida, so I think having it just down the road from campus should probably help them a little bit as well, so I think UCF will definitely show up for this game. Especially since they're favored by 17 to win the right. game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they'll win handily, Nate. You should yeah, I'm always, I'm always kind of trying, you know, Dude, the side, no sneeze, but, like they, yeah, yeah, no, that's but, that's fair. Yeah, I, I think ten points minimum. Uh, okay, game, pretty cool. All right, so and then this is a good part to uh, the reason I'm I'm bringing this question up because it kind of involves both teams to a degree as far as their head coaching situation goes. So the way it works for most college teams and most head coaches is if you work at one school and then you get hired by another school, you know, before the bowl game, the general rule is that you leave the school that you're at to go do recruiting stuff and get familiarated familiarized familiarated. <laughs> yeah oh man you can one day we we gotta go back and find all these made up words that i've said but have um, a blooper reel get, yes yeah with all of our pre-takes and everything oh man <laughs> last week was especially aaron was a part of it but it was funny <laughs> um and so i to me i think that's the right thing to do i think if you take a job I think in pretty much every, you know, sort of career, if you leave a company, 
you leave them. You don't you don't stay around and, and coach one. You know, you, no more one last hurrahs or anything like that. If you've if you've left your job to another job, you start at that new job as soon as you can. But your old employer shouldn't benefit from that. You know, you if that's just the way I see it. But in the case with this App State's coach. Uh, Name's not ringing the top of my head. <laughs> Eli Drinkowitz. <laughs> okay, Drinkowitz. Kind of a funny name. But uh, <laughs> he took the Missouri job recently, and he is not going to be coaching in this bowl game. So on the flip side, the the less common occurrence is like Scott Frost at UCF a couple of seasons ago. He accepted the Nebraska, but he said, and I think they didn't they have to like not make that official until the game was over like didn't they have oh. to like it was rumored that he was going to Nebraska but it wasn't like ink to paper so he could coach that or was it ink to paper I don't remember because I know after the um, American Conference Championship that year they won the game and it was announced that he was going to be the next coach at Nebraska like he com- he definitely confirmed that he was leaving I don't know if he technically signed a contract with Nebraska because he did um, obviously coach for UCF in the Peach Bowl. But I think, if I remember correctly, he was definitely like going and doing recruiting stuff still for Nebraska. I know he like flew back and forth a few times. Oh, okay. Um, so I, don't, I don't remember what the exact agreement was, but um, he definitely was kind of doing work for both teams. He was like bowl prepping and um, recruiting for Nebraska at the yeah. same time. Yeah, so that's interesting. That's That's definitely rare occurrence but yeah. you know how i stand on that but what do you what do you guys stand do you did agree with me or somewhere in the middle or complete you think that the coaches should coach their last game out well considering um, that app state's been dealing with this two years in a row now i think we had this with <laughs> scott satterfield last year and now eli drinkowitz this year i mean i feel like it's kind of in a way i feel like it's a bit of a screw you to like you know your team if you're just like oh okay i got this better job like you know even though i've been coaching you all year and we've had this great season um peace out y'all i'm going to go coach this other team so i mean in a way it feels like that but you know i can also see the flip side of that where you know they need to go and do their job with the new team because obviously preparation for the next season especially if you're going to a team like missouri like drinkowitz is or like how satterfield went to louisville last year you know teams that are in virtual shambles you know you need to get there and pick up the slack right away i will say you know louisville picking up satterfield that was a a great move for them i mean satterfield's a really good coach he'd been coaching an app for a while and you know had some success on the flip side, I think Missouri is a, that's a bit of a desperation move taking Eli Drinkowitz as their head coach after only one year at Appalachian State where he inherited a really good team and has had zero recruiting experience and stuff like that. So I'm not sure about that hiring uh, by Missouri, but yeah, I mean, I think it's, I think it's kind of, I'm in a, a little bit of agreement with Zach. Because like I, like I said, on the surface, it seems like it's a big screw you to your team. But, you know, you got to go to your job, especially for a team that's struggling, which is usually the case here. So, you know, they if you're getting paid lots of money to go and coach this team. Like, you know, it's a big pay upgrade from Sunbelt to SEC. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, th- I think they should go in, you know, and the team, honestly, the team can survive without them. I mean, we saw App State survive just fine last year without Satterfield. We won our bowl game like 45-13, to 13, so I don't think it's going to be any different this year. 
Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's kind of just a tough situation for the coaches to be in. Um, I'm I'm. Uh, me and Zach already talked about this kind of. Uh, kind yeah. Of, it's kind of on the fence because, like, personally, like I feel like, especially for a team like Memphis that went, um, I think what is it, 10, 10 and one, eleven and one. Um, they're about to play for the, um, you know, New Year's Six Bowl. I think in that situation, I feel like it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of bail on your players like that. You know, have their Memphis having the best seasons on uh, decades, and you know, kind of like walk out, you know, before the big final game. Kind of, um, I definitely feel feel for those players, but at the same time, I definitely, you know, agree that you've just been hired by a new. Um, program, you're definitely like responsible to um, kind of make sure you're, you're fulfilling that part of your job as well. I think it's just, I think it's a hard because the college football calendar, the way that National Signing Day falls in you know a couple weeks, you know you've got to go to that new program and really be talking to all your new recruits to make sure that they're um, you know still comfortable with committing to the school, um, you know finalize all that because obviously if you mess up that signing day, then um, your next few years are probably going to be uh, a mess, so <clears throat> totally understand um, why the coaches have pretty much are kind of forced to do it. So I think I don't know. I think personally, like, I wish the calendar wasn't the way it was because if finding they was, you know, in late February or March, yeah, I would totally agree that coaches should stay and uh, finish it out for their players. But I think um, with the situation being the way it is, I don't really blame them. And I think most of these schools have a good enough um, offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator, someone who can um, kind of manage the game um, anyways uh, without the head coach there. So, yeah, I think I think it's kind of fine. It's definitely a hard um, position for the coaches to be in for sure. Yeah, and I guess kind of like a follow-up question here before we start this next uh, set of games, but to me – it just seems like these middle tier bowl games have just really lost their meaning uh, in recent years because not only do you have this match of coaching changes and a lot of times too, like we'll talk with Memphis, like it's not just their head coach leaving, you know, he takes all his boys to his new school. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, entire teams, coaching staffs can get gutted at times. And then also too, when you have, I this isn't that common because it mainly is only with stars, but basically if you're a, a star NFL talent, like you see it a lot more, especially at the running back position where injuries are so common, but you see star players sitting out bowl games and stuff. So it, to me, it just seems like these bowl games in general and in combination with the addition of all these bowl games, like there's 41 games now, it just seems like these middle tier bowl games that once had some meaning to them now just don't even mean anything at all what do you guys think well i mean you know when you have especially when you have bowl games where you have teams like a six and 16 playing it okay yeah especially when you have bowl games with teams that are like you know six and six playing a team that's seven and five it's like does anybody really care about watching these bowl games like it's (laughs) like they're just kind of there for show and you know you kind of stuff the trophy in the back of your trophy case. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, yay, we won the, you know, whatever bowl, like whatever it is this year, because they change names half the time, too, right. the mid-tier ones do. So, I mean, I just, it's and it seems like the fact that, like, every 500 team can become bowl eligible, you know, and you've got the fact that 
it's not like it's, you're not even really playing for much. I mean, especially for these teams that also can't get into the college football playoff ever, you know, no matter how good of a record they have, you know, you're getting the same opportunity as 80 other teams. You know, the fact that 80 teams get a chance to play in a bowl game doesn't seem really meaningful at all. It just seems like they've just kind of, they're like, oh, it's like a participation trophy at this point half the time for some of these teams. So there's there's just too many. They they really need to cut down on the amount of bowl games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, personally, I definitely think they've lost their meaning. I would totally agree with that. Um, I think winning a bowl game, unless it's you know one of the top you know, New Year's Six games, maybe like Citrus Bowl, um, some of those, a couple of those games still, I, I would say it's definitely not really a huge accomplishment, but I would say, I mean, I'm, I don't know that I'm totally in favor of cutting down on them either. I mean, just as like a college football fan, I mean, it's kind of nice to have an extra two weeks of football. I mean, I'm kind of in the party that uh, mediocre football is better than no football, especially like about to go, <laughs> you know, eight months or whatever without. Yeah. Um, hey, well, the, no, the XFL. That's true. We've got, got the XFL to kind of. Tampa kind of Bay Vipers over. are, quote, ready to strike. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, so I mean, I guess that's, that's a little better this year, but um, I don't mind there being 41 bowl games. I know most of them, or a good portion of them, aren't going to be super interesting, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think it's kind of it's nice to have something to watch, and I think it's nice definitely for the teams. You get. Um, the extra two weeks of practice to kind of see like your freshman guys, like how they progress throughout the year, kind of get some more reps for everybody. So, and obviously it's a big, it's always obviously fun for the players and all that. So I'm, I won't say I'm opposed or I won't say I'm opposed to having so many, but I definitely agree that they're not, um, meaningful outside of maybe, you know, eight of them. Mm-hmm. All right, so now we'll get to those eight <laughs> uh, <laughs> that that Nate was alluding to, but we're gonna start with this first New Year Six one, Memphis and Penn State. So this is the Cotton Bowl, I believe. Is the, yes. This is the one that's the yeah. Cotton Bowl. Okay, so Nate is the lone wolf taking Penn State. I mean, we still don't know what Eric will do, but between Connor and myself, we have Memphis, and Memphis I think is the underdog according to ESPN's. Uh, Oh, yeah, for sure. That, maybe, that people are doing. And I will say this. I know everybody's going to be like, oh, but Memphis is losing their coaching staff and all that. To me, I would be like, okay, that that's a big deal. But the fact that they're playing Penn State, who I don't think is very good, I don't think Penn State's deserving of the number 10 ranking. So I think athlete to athlete, Memphis matches up just fine. I, I think Penn State's overrated. I think even with the loss of the coaching staff to Memphis, I still think as athletes that they can compete in this game. It'll be close, I think. This is a good matchup. I do I will say that this is gonna be a good matchup, I think. But with that being said, I think Memphis is just gonna outscore Penn State. Um it, that's what it's gonna come down to. They're just gonna it's gonna it's gonna be a fun game to watch too. Um these teams with non traditional, you know, games with the group of five versus a power five. They're always entertaining, and I think this should be just as entertaining as any of them. But with that being said, I I'm, I am going to keep Memphis as my pick. 
Yeah, I mean, I took Memphis as my pick because I'm with Zach, but I think Penn State's quite a bit overrated. I mean, I think that game against Minnesota really exposed them because uh, I was one of the people going into that game where I was still kind of thinking, oh, well, because Zach had mentioned Penn State being overrated, but I was still like, oh, well, I don't think so. You know, they beat Michigan, but then I realized that Michigan was overrated, and then, you know, and then Minnesota, like I said, just came in and exposed Penn State in that game, so... And, I mean, Memphis is definitely not a pushover. I mean, they beat Cincinnati twice this year, which, you know, I thought the first time maybe Cincinnati was going to do something against them. But the fact that they won twice, I think, is a really good showing, even though both games were at home. But and I think Memphis is more motivated to win this game than Penn State is. It's kind of like, you know, back when UCF played Auburn. You know, I feel like UCF was, like, way more motivated to win that game than Auburn was because Auburn had they'd lost out on the sec, you know, they lost out on the college football playoff. And it was at that point for them, it was just kind of eh. like, you know, we don't have any more motivation to play. So I think that's going to be the case in this game too. I think Penn state is just going to be Memphis is going to come out a lot more motivated and hungry than Penn state is. So especially since Penn state, you know, they controlled their own destiny. They could have won the big 10 had they, you know, actually showed up and played against Ohio State and Minnesota. So uh, I've still got Memphis winning this game, too. All right, Nate, why do you think Penn State's going to win? Um, well, for the record, I would like to see uh, Memphis pull out the upset. I think it would be great for the uh, American Conference and like kind of by extension UCF and USF um, for future years. But I think Penn State's just going to do it because this is like um, somebody who's – I mean, UCF's played – Memphis uh, four times and not this year but um, 2018 and 2017 and just watch them I feel like they're a team that just can't they never seem to be able to get it done in the big games obviously they beat um, Cincinnati twice this year which they were a pretty um, good American conference team but just watch them play UCF which they were really big games all all four times I think Memphis was also ranked I know UCF was ranked for most of them um, but, um, like they collapsed, uh, in the 2018, we, yeah, the last year's, um, American Conference yeah. Championship, they basically fell apart. They, they gave up like a 20 some point lead. Um, they gave a big lead in their bowl game last year. Um, and I don't know, just, just to me, like they definitely got the talent and the speed, I think, to keep up with Penn State. I think Penn State's going to put up a lot of points and I think Memphis, you know, has the opportunity to do so as well. But I just think they're not a team that is going to be able to get it done versus a team that is um, equally talented. Because I think the thing with the ACC, AAC is it's a good conference. Um, it's probably the best group of five conference. But I think the top few teams definitely like out-athlete every other team in the league. Um, so I think when Memphis meets up with a team that has similar athletes, I know that's what people said about UCF and Auburn, but I think um, I think Penn State has a little bit more of a potent offense than Auburn did that year, um, just a little bit faster, um, kind of from the receivers and stuff. So I think um, I'll secretly be rooting for Memphis, but I think I don't think they have what it takes to get it done, just as far as like coming from a culture and um, that type of standpoint. Okay. All right. So we're going to leave these two playoff games aside and, and continue on these uh, New Year's Six ones. Uh, Florida and Virginia. So we've all got Florida here. I assume that's who Eric will be picking as well. But 
to me, and Connor alluded to this earlier, like Virginia is so undeserving of this spot. Like the the fact is, like the reason it's the uh, Orange Bowl and it's an automatic ACC bid is the only reason they're here because they are just flat out not deserving, and it's uh it's a shame because there's a lot of better teams that should have gotten this spot, and. It's it's a shame too for Florida because now no matter what it's going to be if Florida wins it's going to be okay like you were just handed a win because you had Virginia who just lost by 45 points to Clemson and then if Florida somehow loses it's going to look terrible for them so Florida's in a in a no win situation in this game uh, and I know a lot of Florida fans too have said that like they Florida wanted to play. A, a better team than Virginia. They they wanted a better matchup, but Boise for, State or App State, you know, one of those two teams. <laughs> anybody better than Virginia just shouldn't even be ranked. They, they're only ranked because the committee is gonna. It would look so bad if they were unranked. That's all. Like it would look terrible if Virginia was unranked and they were in this matchup. But I mean, the only winners are gonna be the Virginia Snowbirds that get to come down to Miami and South Beach and party like that. <laughs> That's the only winners in this game, but Florida. Well, well you know, win. for the record, Virginia is not ranked in the AP poll. And the but... AP poll is more accurate to me. See how the season has gone. The AP poll has gotten it right to me more than the college football playoff poll has. Yeah. So that just proves it more to me. <laughs> but yeah, the Snowbirds coming to South Beach to party. That's the only event. That's the only winners in this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I completely agree. This should be a complete walkover for Florida. I mean, mm-hmm. when we were, because in our uh, bowl, we do the Capital One Bowl Mania on ESPN, and we're doing the league where you have to rank your picks on based on confidence. And this is definitely in my top five most confident picking Florida <laughs> because, I mean, I watched that. I mean, I even think Virginia Tech, who, you know, Virginia beat the previous week, is probably more deserving of this. Because I've seen Virginia Tech go toe-to-toe with some of the best teams. Like, you know, they went toe-to-toe with Notre Dame. And, you know, but the fact that Virginia is in this spot is mind-boggling. I mean, you know, I mean, even Notre Dame, who's got sort of like a semi-ACC tie-in, you know, could have been in this bowl game instead of Virginia. And that would have been a better matchup for Florida, so... Um, easy Florida walkover win. If Virginia somehow wins, then you know, good on them. But I highly doubt it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I'm same page here. I, I wish Florida could have gotten somebody like, even like they could put Memphis with them or Penn State. I don't know how those tie-ins worked, but yeah, they definitely deserve a better team than um, Virginia because I, I don't see that being any kind of competition at all. It's gonna be like thirty plus point win for Florida. Yeah, and honestly, I'm probably not going to watch that either. So, no. <laughs> um, all right, so we'll move down now to I think I think this next one is going to be the best out of these non-playoff games: Oregon and Wisconsin in the Rose Bowl. This is going to be fascinating to me because these are two really good teams. I mean, obviously ranked six and eight. I think Oregon's going to win the game, but Wisconsin's rushing attack, Jonathan Taylor. That scares me in this game, but I I do think Oregon is the more consistent team than Wisconsin is. I mean, Wisconsin had a big lead against Ohio State, and then they blew that. So they're capable. Wisconsin's certainly capable of winning this game. 
it's to me though this is the highlight game to watch uh, and I actually think this is going to be better to watch than one of the playoff games that we're going to talk about in a second. But <laughs> I think um, I might know which one you're going to mention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is going to this is going to be good to watch. This I think this could be a classic Rose Bowl. It's uh, this is this the Rose Bowl is one of those bowls that does not lose its like we were talking about the mid bowls that do. Um, but I. I don't watch either of these team, these two teams a whole lot, but from what I've seen and from what I know about these teams, it's going to be a good game, but I, I do think Oregon will win. Well, well, it's the one thing I've always liked about the Rose Bowl, too, is that out of, like, you know, you know, if you take the Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, or, like, you know, whichever four are in rotation, this is the only bowl game that where the auto bids are for two like, you know, the Pac-12 champion and the Big Ten champion or the next runner-up. Whereas, like, all the other ones, you know, the Sugar Bowl, it's, like, the SEC champion or runner-up. The Orange Bowl is the ACC champion or runner-up. And then the Fiesta Bowl or Cotton Bowl is, like, the um, the Big 12 champion or runner-up. But this is the only one that takes both of the big teams. And, I mean, it looks like the Sugar Bowl actually did that this year, too. But usually the Rose Bowl is the only one that's done that. But I think Oregon's going to win this game based on the fact that they just have a much better quarterback than Wisconsin does. I mean, Justin Herbert is NFL ready. He's going to be, you know, he was probably, if Oregon hadn't lost that game to Arizona State, I think Justin Herbert would have really been in that conversation with Joe Burrow, you know, for the Heisman Trophy. So um, I think that's going to, if they can at least semi-contain Jonathan Taylor, then I don't think Wisconsin is going to be able to build up enough offense to keep up with Oregon's offense in this game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I was pretty high on Oregon coming into this year. I had them in my um, preseason um, college football playoff teams. Um, so I, I definitely think they're talented. And Wisconsin obviously has had some um, kind of like stumbles this year, losing to Illinois, uh, which they definitely shouldn't have done, and the loss last week to Ohio State. But I think just looking at both of their records, I think Wisconsin's definitely played um, a more challenging um, schedule, at least in my eyes. Um, Oregon, they beat Utah, which is pretty good. They beat USC and Washington um, pretty convincingly. But I just look at some of these games like beating Oregon State 24-10 to um, doesn't really do a whole lot for me. I think Wisconsin, you know, even though they lost to Ohio, Ohio State, that's... Um, obviously a playoff team and they've I think had to go through a kind of a tougher road almost and I think their defense I think will show up versus Oregon kind of we saw what um Auburn's defense did to Oregon week one kind of held them in check for most of that game or at least most of the second half of that game I think Jonathan Taylor is going to be a huge thing because if he can get going and kind of Wisconsin can ground uh kind of like pound the ball on Oregon I think that'll be huge because their, their defense and kind of stop, get a few stops first. Um, Justin Herbert and kind of get things going. So I, I think I think Wisconsin, basically like for me, it's, it's mainly just Jonathan Taylor can get going. See, so he, he can get going. I think it's definitely an easy win. I mean, not easy, but easy win. Wow. That, yeah, that was too far. Um, <laughs> I think it's definitely easy a win, win for Wisconsin if Taylor can get going. Obviously, if um, okay if they hold. Basically, I think for me, if, if Oregon holds Jonathan Taylor under one 
150 yards, they can win. But if not, I think Wisconsin wins. That's kind of it for okay. me, I guess. All right, that's interesting. Uh, all right, so our next game here is our final one that we'll talk about before the playoff games. This is another interesting one, too. Number five ranked Georgia against number seven ranked Baylor. And I believe this is the Sugar Bowl. Yes, Sugar right? Bowl. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. And so this, if I'll say this, if you like defense, this is the game for you because this is this is going to be low scoring. This isn't going to be like Memphis, Penn State. This is going to be two physical, mean defenses going at each other. I mean, the the amount of draft picks that are probably going to be on these two defenses is going to be incredible. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a smash mouth old school game. And Georgia, they've got. It's going to be interesting to see their, because I know a bunch of people got hurt in that LSU SAC conference championship game that they played. So I still, I'm picking Georgia just because I think that they've got the better resume. I, I still think they've got the better team than Baylor. Um, Baylor's only lost to Oklahoma this year, and. To me, I don't think they really played anybody that significant other than Oklahoma. So the fact that they weren't able to win either of those games prevents me from picking them, whereas I've seen Georgia beat Florida, and I've seen Georgia beat Auburn. And those are two much better wins than Baylor's got. That's why they're ranked above Baylor. But coming in right now, and another thing, too, we talked about the motivation thing. Even though Georgia in the same spot as last year being ranked number five and being the first team out but they really don't have any argument to get in the playoff this time around whereas last time they were arguing to be in so they should have been yeah they, and they should have been so but this time they don't have that going on and i don't think they want to lose another new year six game in a row obviously they got upset by texas last year all of us thought georgia was gonna win that but Texas ended up winning. So the fact that they're playing another team from the state of Texas, I don't think they're going to want to lose back-to-back games. I think they've got too much pride to do that. So I, I do think Georgia's the better team here. I think coaching-wise, this is a draw because both coaches are great. But um, I, I do think it's probably... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean... My thing for Baylor in this game is that I think, at least when it comes to Georgia, I think Georgia's offense isn't going to be able to put up, you know, you said it's going to be a defensive game, which I agree is going to be a defensive game, but I think Baylor's offense is going to be the one that's going to break through first, and I think that's what's going to happen, because Jake Fromm has just been so uninspiring this year. I mean, you know, whenever Georgia has needed him to put a drive together or put something, you know, big up on the board, he's just not delivered at all. So, and I think, and I think Baylor is going to be motivated by the fact that they lost those two games to Oklahoma when, which I mean, they should have won the first one. They completely blew mm-hmm. the first one. And the second one, they hung with them the whole time and took it to overtime. So, and I mean, in Baylor, they have, they do have a win over Oklahoma state and a win over, over Iowa state this year, which is, you know, obviously not as impressive as wins over Florida and Auburn. But, you know, there's still good wins. And I think Baylor is going to be, again, I think they're going to be a little bit more motivated than Georgia is coming out. Like, they don't want to lose. They want to show they can beat a really good team after losing to Oklahoma both times. And, 
you know, they controlled their own destiny going into the playoffs, you know, after Georgia got completely blown out by LSU. It was like, okay, you know, if we win this Big 12 title game, then we're in the playoff, and they just didn't do it. So um, I think they're going to want to win this game more than Georgia is. And again, it's going to be a defensive slugfest, but I think Baylor's got a slightly better offense, at least in the big games. Yeah, I, I agree. I think... For me, I think Georgia's a better overall team, but it's just I just get hung up on Jake Fromm. I just haven't seen him really do it, um, really come through like in a big game when he's needed. Like obviously they've beaten Florida um, and some good teams like that, but I haven't seen him do anything like um, like really like an elite quarterback. Like, I haven't seen him take over a game versus a good team, even like against a mediocre team. Really, I haven't seen him put up like a huge game which I think Baylor definitely has an offense of their own, that if they can put up some points on Georgia, I don't have a whole lot of confidence that Jake Fromm's going to come on the other end and uh, keep Georgia in the game, You know, especially if Baylor's able to um, kind of contain Georgia's rushing attack. I, I don't know that Jake Fromm's got what it takes to... Um, kind of keep Georgia in it. So that, that's the main reason I'm going with Baylor. I think they're both going to be motivated. Like, they they both came fairly close to the playoff. They kind of had, you know, their own destiny in their hands at the end there. Um, so I think they'll both be equally motivated. I think it just comes down to, um, can Jake Fromm get it done? And I um, don't have a whole lot of confidence in that happening. All right, so... No. Okay. Okay. Oh, I there you are. Yeah. There I know. I was here. I just didn't hear Nate. Okay. There. Okay. Yeah. We've been having a little bit of issues with all of like the whole call, but hopefully it turns out okay. <laughs> um, we don't have too much longer to talk about, but we do want to talk about the most important part of all this, which is the national championship uh, and then the playoff games. So I'll just start with the one that I was talking about earlier. That's going to be less inspiring to watch than. games that we just talked about and that's going to be Oklahoma and LSU the three of us picked LSU I'm fairly confident that's who Eric is going to pick as well but to me I know there's the whole Heisman curse and everything going on but it's this LSU team is so talented right now they're clicking on all cylinders and their defense is finally getting healthy they're finally starting to play better and that's the big thing we know this offense is good but Georgia, they don't have a great offense, but what LSU did to that Georgia offense or what was left of Georgia's offense after the injuries, but it was still impressive to me. And Oklahoma, we know that they don't really have a defense. So when you did, I mean, their defense has been better than it was last year, but still it's LSU's, LSU's going to have a field day against that defense. And as far as, Ohio, or as far as Oklahoma's offense goes against LSU's defense. The thing with Jalen Hurts, he's a really good quarterback, but he turns the ball over, and I expect that to happen. I expect LSU to win the turnover margin. That's one thing Joe Burrow does a very good job of, is he doesn't turn the ball over, whereas Jalen Hurts has been almost like a turnover machine in recent weeks. So this one's not going to be close. Obviously, I'll be watching this because it's you know a huge game, but to me, LSU is going to steamroll this one. Uh, they do have a little bit of an advantage with it being in Atlanta. 
so they've got a little bit of a geographical edge. Um, but uh, there, I I don't think this is gonna be close, guys. I think this is the one year where it's like this fourth team in this discussion is really not even gonna be close. I think. It, I mean, obviously they have a chance to shock us, but I think the whole world is predicting LSU to win this. Well, I mean, you know, and I think the the Big 12 streak of never winning a college football playoff game is going to continue. I mean, they're the only Power 5 conference that hasn't won a college football playoff game. So, I mean, L- yeah, LSU should steamroll them. If they can even somewhat keep Jalen Hurts in check, that offense is just going to score all over. After scoring 37 points against Georgia, who arguably had the best defense in the country, you know, going up against Oklahoma's defense, which isn't anywhere close to that, LSU, like I said, they can just keep Jalen Hurts you know, semi in check, it's going to be an easy win. Yeah, I think looking at Oklahoma's defense, I think LSU is going to go down the field and score on that defense pretty much at will. And I don't, I think Jalen Hurts is great, but I don't think LSU's defense, I think they're too fast and athletic to um, kind of let him get going. So I think he'll probably put up a fight, but it's, I think it's going to be easy LSU win. Uh, okay. So now we'll talk about the much more exciting and entertaining game that's going to happen, which is going to be Clemson and Ohio State. And I will start this by saying I never really got a chance to talk about this uh, right when it came out, but there would have been riots from myself if LSU had not been ranked number one because (laughs) they were so clear, you know, they were so much more deserving. I know Joey Galloway on that college football playoff set was like, there's going to be no walking off the stage after this one when they came out as one and two. But, like, to me, if I was working that in, in Ohio State had been one, I'd have walked off. Like, I think Kirk Herbstreit walked off a couple of years ago when they did some ranking that he didn't agree with. But to me, this would have been my walk-off moment if that had happened. So, well, well, you know, Kirk Herbstreit's a big, a big Ohio State homer Yeah, anyway. I, I think it was that year when Ohio State didn't get in, but Alabama right. did. Yeah, I think that's what it was. But yeah, um, yeah so it's yeah, it, Ohio State, they got the two spot because that's what they got. I mean, they LSU had a much better resume than Ohio State did. And the eye test to LSU, I think, is better. But anyways, I know Mark would disagree. I was trying to get Mark on the show, but he's he says he's not really the talking type. So <laughs> I don't I don't think we'll see Mark anytime soon. He's an Ohio State fan, but We've all got Clemson here. It's gonna be interesting to see what Eric goes with, but this is a this is a split game in my mind because I think Ohio State's more talented, but Clemson has got the experience. I think they've got better coaching. I think in this situation, I think they got the better quarterback. I even though Fields was a Heisman candidate and had much better season than uh, Trevor Lawrence did, Trevor Lawrence still has never lost a game in his college career. I do think there's something to say for that, and this Clemson team is just used to this playoff environment. They're just like Alabama, where they are used to being in the playoff every single year. So I do think they're going to win. I don't buy too much into this, but the last time these teams met, it was in the same stadium even, uh, Clemson steamrolled Ohio State. I don't think that's going to be the case this time. I think this Ohio State team is much better. But to me, I, I'm i more trusting in Clemson than Ohio State. Ohio State is certainly capable of winning this, but I just trust Trevor Lawrence more than I trust Justin Fields in this. 
Well, the thing you have to remember, too, about Clemson is the fact that <clears throat> Clemson is on, like, you know, at the start of the year, we were all talking about, like, when they had that one-point win over UNC, like, oh, this Clemson team isn't for real, you know. They're going to get into the playoffs just because the ACC is horrible. You know, they're going to go undefeated in a horrible conference. But Clemson has been playing on fire the last, like, four or five weeks. I mean, I don't think anybody – they kind of heard all that chatter that they were sucking. And then they came out, you know, they beating NC State 55-10 to 10 isn't that impressive. But then they beat Wake Forest 52-3, to 3, who was ranked for a while. You know, they went down into uh, williams Bryce Stadium in South Carolina, beat them 38-3, to 3, beat – Virginia 62 to 17 in the ACC championship game. So <clears throat> Clemson is just on a tear right now. And I think Wisconsin really kind of exposed some of the weaknesses that Ohio state had last week uh, when they played them in the big 10 title game. And other than that game against UNC Clemson hasn't had any scares. Like all their games have been very comfortable wins. So, and I mean, and some of them were against like, like I said, against Virginia was a good team. Wake Forest was a semi-decent team. So, and we'll just see how it goes. But I think Clemson is going to, and like Zach said, they're used to this stage. Trevor Lawrence has been here before. Dabo Sweeney's been here many times before. And so it's going to be, Clemson is very, it's going to be a very close game. I think it's going to come down to just a field goal. Honestly, it's going to be one of those kind of games. But I think Clemson should win this game very, very close. All right. I think. I don't know I'll go as close as a field goal. I think it might be like, you know, maybe a touchdown or 10 points the most, but I do think it'll be a close game. Um, I do. I agree. I think what it's going to come down to is the experience for Clemson. Um, obviously, Justin Fields is great, but this is kind of the first time he's really been on the big stage here. Obviously, I mean, the Ohio State-Michigan game was a pretty big deal, but uh, they won that pretty handily. I think this is the first time he's really been on like a huge uh, stage like this, and I think... I think what's going to come down to is him making one or two freshman mistakes, like throwing a pick um, or a turnover or something like that, that I really don't think uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to end up making. So I, I think that experience is going to help them kind of score. These, these are both super talented teams on both sides of the ball, so it'll definitely be a great game. I'm excited for it, but I think I'm just going to give Clemson uh, the slight edge here. All right, so we've we've all got the same national championship game predicted to be Clemson and LSU. No, you know, alternate realities when we talk about this next one. Um, but so between those two teams, we all have LSU. And I do think it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a really good national championship to watch. But until Joe Burrow has a bad game, I feel like it can't pick against LSU just because of how dominant he's been this season. And LSU is still the complete team. Uh, I do think their offense is going to be able to still score points on this Clemson defense. I mean, they scored a lot of points against Georgia, and then they kind of backed off in the fourth quarter. They didn't... I don't think... I think they went on the missed field goal, and there was a drop in the end zone that some receiver had. So they really could have beaten Georgia by even more. And Georgia had only been allowing like 10 points per game or something like that. So they, LSU can do a number against a really good defense like Clemson. And I, it just seems like this is LSU season, man. Like, it, I mean, it's just been LSU. They've won every game that they've had pretty 
I think pretty easily lately. Um, the the Texas game was a little bit close, but to me, this is just this is LSU season. It's kind of rare that we see a back to back national champion in college football. I don't know when the last time that happened, but it's and that would be the case with Clemson if they were to do this. But it's going to be a close game. It's going to be fun, but. I if I had to put money on this, I would put money on LSU. But what do you guys think? Yeah, Gary? yeah I mean, you know, every time LSU has had a challenge put in front of them this year, they you know passed it with flying colors. I mean, you know, they they had the early game, early se- early season game against Texas that they won, you know, pretty convincingly. You know, Texas had a little bit of a comeback there, but you know, it got shut down. You know, and then they had the game against Auburn that they went and won pretty convincingly. Obviously, the big game against Alabama that they went into Tuscaloosa and beat Alabama in that game, and and the huge, huge blowout in the SEC championship. Like, oh well, you know, Georgia's going to be the defense that's going to shut down Joe Burrow. And, well, that didn't happen. So, um, yeah, I think they've just. They've passed every challenge this season with flying cars, and it seems like destiny for LSU this season that, you know, it's their time, it's their season to lift up the college football national championship trophy. And honestly, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing someone other than Clemson or Alabama win the uh, college football playoff for once, considering that's the way it's been for the past four seasons. So, um, yeah, I think LSU for sure. It's just it's just their season. Clemson had their time last year, and this time it's LSU's turn. Yeah, this is a game I'm excited for. I think it should be a great matchup. I'm definitely going to give the edge to LSU because I think, for me, what's I think obviously everyone talks about the great offense, Joe Burrow, um, they're putting up a ton of points. Um, I think Clemson has the talent to put up all those points, but I think where I'm going to give LSU the edge is their defense uh, over Clemson's defense. Um, I think, kind of like what you're saying, LSU's seen a lot of great teams this year. You know, Texas, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, um, Georgia, and I think they've their defense kind of had to tune up to kind of face those type challenges. And obviously, that bunch of points to Alabama, but obviously, you know, with um, Tua playing in that game, I think pretty much every team in the country is going to let up points to that offense. But I, I think they've had to you know, kind of get through some more tough situations like that, whereas um, Clemson really hasn't played anybody of that caliber. Like, I think their offense definitely tuned up, but I think defense, I think it's kind of hard to uh, step up to a challenge like an LSU offense when even playing uh, Virginia, NC State, North Carolina, or I mean, uh, South Carolina's for the last few weeks. So that's why I think I'm going to give LSU <laughs> the edge that they can make a couple key stops when it counts. Um, so... Had to had to laugh at that Saints score there for a second. Oh, I know that's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I wasn't following the score or anything. I just saw it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think the other thing we forgot to mention also about the national title game is that it's being held at the Superdome. So oh, LSU, yes, is, yes. LSU is going to have a huge fan base oh, there compared to Clemson. That. Yeah. So I do. I don't know if there's any more of these, but I do know Texas A&M was a common opponent between yeah. LSU and Clemson. And two weeks ago, this is the rivalry game for LSU. They beat yeah. Texas A&M fifty to seven, and I'm gonna—I don't remember the exact score for Clemson's game against Texas A&M. So I'm gonna—it was, er- it was er- I wouldn't put 
too much into that because that was like an early season game when Trevor Lawrence was still having his struggles. Uh, Clemson's a That's far true. different team from when they played that game because that was like a week two game when they played Texas A&M. So. Yeah, it was, but I I do know it was, I mean, 50-7, to seven, and then they won 24-10 to 10 against te- Texas A&M back then. So it was a while ago, but um, still, I, I don't know. I... Texas A&M, they're kind of a weird team, but it's interesting. It's going to be fun to watch. Uh, I'll be rooting for LSU too. I'm not gonna, not gonna hide that fact. <laughs> uh, I, I will be rooting for them. Well, but, you always you always root for the SEC anyway, so yeah, that is true. It's you'll see. I, I pick I would... pretty much every SEC team to win their bowl game except for uh, Kentucky, I think, or maybe hey, well, one. Hey, well, I think. I, I, I picked yeah. all the Sun Belt teams to win. <laughs> I I usually pull for the ACC also, but if it's it, it's Clemson, Clemson's like the one ACC team I won't always root for. So yeah, I want to say there's uh, there's pro- I think there's one SEC team I did not pick, but I mean I'm not gonna find the I'm not gonna hide the fact that I'm biased for the SEC. So I that's where my opinions lie, but. Uh, this is this is a great bowl predictions episode, guys. Like I said, if you're watching on YouTube, I'm gonna kind of slowly go through these scores uh, real quick, so you can see the the column on the left is myself, Connor's in the middle, and Nate is to the right. The blank space that you see there is Eric's. <laughs> We've been kind of ribbing <laughs> on Eric all the time. Yeah, but uh, make your you know, picks, just, Eric. Yeah, and. I did have the highest percentage of the um, of the spread picks in college football this season. So if you're going to put some money on, you know, go with that left line. <laughs> by, 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 two, by two games. Yeah, it was very close. Right. So yeah. if you actually, to... you, you yeah. did pick every SEC team too. I'm going through. Oh, you I did. didn't. Mm-hmm. Okay. I thought maybe maybe I messed up then. On the ESPN, <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll, I'll check up. that in a second. I'll check that in a second. But um, but yeah. So thanks, guys. I know Nate. It's been a long time since you've been in an episode. Yeah. Um, so it's good to have you back for this, and good that we could get all three of us on for this uh, this wrap up to this college season because that's basically what this episode's going to be. So for sure. Yep. All right, guys. <laughs> have a great rest of your day, and for Eric, peace.